Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ooh. Interesting here. Hallelujah. Can you guys all hear me fine? Yes. Okay, I will keep this handy in case it decides to squeak. Hopefully it won't. Praise God. Thank you, Linda. It's so important that we hear and obey, right? Like hear and obey. You know, um, I don't know if I shared this last week, so please forgive me if I did, but it just reminds me of when, um, at the women's conference, when Patty said, you know, Pastor Cindy would just come in here and say, the Holy Spirit told me to turn left, and, and I just thought, who is she to think that God's talking to her like that? Like, who, you know, and... Uh, you know, the Bible says that when you really step out and when you really follow God, you're going to receive persecution. Do you know what I'm saying? And God bless Patty. She didn't persecute me. I had no idea she was one of the people that were saying that. But I did get called into the director's office. And the director said, <laughs> um, why are you telling everybody that God is telling you like literally everything? And I said, well, if I have an idea, but I know it's from the Holy Spirit, should I tell them that it was me? If I have a testimony because God told me something, should I take the credit or should I be honest? Like, should I be forthcoming? And this is literally God talking to me. And, and I, I was told, well, God doesn't speak to everybody like that. And I thought, well, could have told me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm not special, but he's speaking to me like that. And if he's going to speak to me like that, then that's available for everyone. I didn't say that to her, but I just said, well, I'm not really sure what to do with that. But, you know, I got pretty quiet after that, and I just stopped sharing some of the treasures that God was giving me. Um, because you can only share those treasures with some people that are able to receive, right? Um, you know, I, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit since I was six years old. And I believe that God wants to talk to us all the time. I'm not talking about audible voices. I don't hear voices in my head. I don't hear voices outside. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about through the word of God and through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, God has been speaking to me my entire life. He'll even, he's even helped me on tests in school. I got really good grades because <clears throat> I learned how to yield to the Holy Spirit. And follow the peace. The Bible says, let the peace of God umpire in your heart and be thankful. And so whenever I have to take a test, I just ask the Holy Spirit for the answers. Like, this is just me and my whole life, you guys. I, there's, I didn't realize it for, you know, growing up until I got to college. And then I started praying and realizing, oh my gosh, it's really the Holy Spirit in me that's really smart, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do my due diligence and I would study anyway, but... One of the Holy Spirit's job is to bring to your remembrance the things that God has told you or spoken to you. So if you let the Holy Spirit study with you, then he can bring it back to your remembrance, right? So, and plus, if we just follow the peace. When I was looking at tests in school, I would read the question, and I would wonder, is it true or false? And what one of the answers, I would have peace, and the other answer, there wouldn't be peace in the Spirit, right? So I just listened to the Spirit, and every time I didn't listen to the Spirit, I got it wrong. But every time I did, I got right. But in my life, I'm telling you in my life, in my experience with God, through the word of God, through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, he's always talking. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a little girl, my mom nicknamed me Motormel. How much more God? Do you know what I'm saying? Like how much more is God a Motormel? Right? Like he wants us to hear him. He's constantly speaking. He never stops talking. 
There's a book called The, the Longest Bridge Across Water. It's a very powerful book. Um, I believe it's by Tyler Johnson. Please forgive me if I got the author wrong. I haven't picked it up in a long time. But there's an illustration in this book called The Longest Bridge Across Water about this man hearing the voice of God. And he said he had a vision, and the Lord was speaking to him, and he was hearing clearly what the Lord was saying. And then he had like this vision, like a television screen. And then he started seeing the cares of daily life and the busyness of the traffic and stuff. But God was speaking during that time. And so he starts seeing all of this stuff. And the voice of God got quieter and quieter, although it didn't change volume. It just started getting drowned out more and more and more until pretty soon he couldn't hear the voice of God at all. But God was saying literally, I'm still speaking, I'm still speaking, I'm still speaking, I'm still speaking. And then slowly the Lord started taking the distractions away, the traffic, the noise, the busyness. And he started hearing God again. I'm still speaking. I'm still speaking. I'm still speaking in the same volume, in the same tone, in the same way, all the way until it was just him and God again. And he could hear it very clearly. And so we all have to come to a point where we just be still and know that he is God. And it all starts there. And if we can live our life from a place of being still, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit more and more. Amen. Praise God. That's for you today. You're here for a reason, right? Praise God. He wants you to know he's speaking to you constantly, constantly, constantly talking, saying things, telling you things, directing things, guiding you, leading you, showing you things that you don't know yet, right? He's constantly trying to lead us. We just need to give him place. Right? We need to give him the opportunity to speak to us. Sometimes we're busy and um, we're distracted and we're listening to ourselves and listening to good advice from other people. And there's nothing wrong with getting good advice, but you have to listen to the Holy Spirit too, right? It's really wonderful when the Holy Spirit confirms that good advice, then you can have double confidence, right? But if the Holy Spirit doesn't confirm that good advice, wait. Just wait and see, right? We talked Sunday about testing the spirits. Just because you hear something doesn't mean it's God, right? You have to test the spirits. You have to see, is this going to line up with the word of God? Is this God actually trying to talk to me? And somebody might say, well, where is the scripture for turn left? <laughs> and I would say, the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. And I know his voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice, right? And it's not an audible outside voice because outside voices can be mixed up, right? If you're hearing outside voices, it's time to pray and get rid of those. Amen? If you're hearing outside voices, stop. It's not because you're special. It's because Satan wants to devour you, right? God does not speak to us through outside voices very often. It's very, he does, but it's very rare. It's very rare. Um, he speaks to us through the inward witness of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And if I ever hear an outside voice, then I will say, does it line up with Scripture? And if it doesn't line up with Scripture, it is immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> immediately forget it. I'm not, I'm not even putting it on a shelf. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, I'm not even putting it on a shelf. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you hear a word 
someone gives you a prophecy, if it doesn't confirm what's inside of you, you just kind of put it on a shelf for later. If it doesn't line up with scripture, it's an immediate no. Immediately no. Like not even going to entertain it for one second. Amen? Amen. So um, I don't know. That's what, that's what I guess the Holy Spirit wants you to know this morning before we get into healing school. But it's exciting when you start yielding to the voice of the Lord and you start pressing in and you know, it really, you really have to start with being quiet. You really have to start with just sitting still, being still, and knowing that he is God. That's really where it starts. You know, when I'm working, you practice it, absolutely. When I'm working with um, young kids or people who can't hear the voice of God or say they never have heard the voice of God, I always start with that scripture that the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And so I always start with having them say, I am a child of God. So say that. I'm a child of God. And now, if you really concentrate and pay attention to the spirit on the inside of you, there'll be like a velvety feeling or a yes or a confirmation on the inside. Something where you know that you know that you know that what you just said was absolutely true. Do you understand what I'm saying? So just put your hands right here on your belly for a minute. And then I want you to... I want you to concentrate on this, okay? I want you, when you say, I am a child of God, I want you to say it a couple of times, and I want you to get that confirmation on the inside of you, okay? I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You may have to close your eyes, that's okay. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And just rest for a minute. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You're just going to get a yes or a confirmation or a, just a bearing witness with. Like somehow or another, you know that you know that it's true. Maybe your mind is saying that's not true, but your inside you is saying it is true. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. We want to take a minute here because when you're first learning to hear the voice of God, Sometimes you can say, well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't, I didn't hear a bearing witness with, and it can be very scary. But just rest assured. Take that stress and throw it away, right? Because when you're stressed, you're not going to be able to hear as well. And just relax. Take a few deep breaths and say it again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And just let the Holy Spirit just bear witness. Even if you just get a tiny little inkling, and what you're saying is true on the inside of you, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your spirit, coming together with your spirit and saying, yes, you are a child of God. Amen. So just take another minute because I don't want you to feel stressed or anything. Um, I want you to really, even the slightest yes, even just a little tiny bit of a yes, even if you... It, like you could be trying to hear the voice of God and fighting. Your mind, your, your carnality can be fighting you on this. Your guilt or shame or condemnation could be fighting you on this. Um, so you might hear like a little bit of a yes and then a whole bunch of no. Um, that's just guilt and condemnation and shame and fear trying to get in and lead you astray, okay? That is the voice of the enemy. But the little bit of yes that you are hearing on the inside, that's the voice of God. 
that's the one to listen to. Let's try it again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You've got to say it. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You know, and I would encourage you, if this is new to you, if you've never done this before, just like Joyce said, you got to practice. I would encourage you to practice that this week. This is your homework. Just sitting still and saying out loud in your mouth, I am a child of God. And every time you get that little bearing witness with your spirit, say it again, say it again, say it again. Because what happens is you're going to start to know the voice of God. Remember way, 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 way back in the day before we had caller ID? <laughs> and somebody would call you and you would have to pick up the phone and say, hello. And it was always a question because you were like, kind of, hello, who is this? And if they started talking, if it was your mother or your father or your bestie or your spouse, you immediately knew who it was. But if there was a sales call or somebody else that's never called you before, your, your next question is, who is this? Right? It's like, hello. And they'll say hello. And you say, who is this? Like, I don't know you by your voice. What voice is this that I'm about to listen to? Right? And we intuitively know that depending on who's speaking, we're going to give that voice a different weight. Right? Like if it's your spouse speaking and your spouse is saying, hey, I'm on my way with $100, we're going to go on a shopping spree, you're going to get excited, right? Because it's your spouse speaking and you know that's going to come to pass. But if it's a stranger speaking and saying, hey, uh, you just won a $100 shopping spree, I just need your credit card number. What are you going to do? You don't know their voice. You're not going to give their voice weight, right? You're not going to give their voice weight. You're probably going to say, who is this again? You know, I don't think so. I'm not giving my credit card number over the phone. I don't care if I want $100, I'll pass, thank you, right? But if it's your spouse speaking and you're saying, I'm gonna give you $100, we're going on a shopping spree, you're gonna hang up the phone excited and get ready to go, amen? Because you know your spouse's voice and you're gonna give your, spouse, your spouse's voice the weight of attention that you should, right? But a stranger's voice, you're not going to follow, right? This is how it is with the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. We have to hear the voice of God. I encourage you to sit there and practice and practice and practice and practice until you hear his voice so clearly that even when it's busy, even when you're stressed, even when you don't feel good, even when you're facing a trial, you know the voice of God. So much so because you've heard him bear witness with your spirit when you sat there still and said, I am a child of God. And, and practice that and know it because then when he does say, hey, turn left, you're going to hear it and you're going to know it's his voice. It's going to be a speaking to your spirit and you're going to hear it on the inside and you're going to know that you know that you know that it is the voice of God and that you should follow it. And you're never going to be like, God, is that you? I don't know. I don't know. I can't understand. I'm not sure. Just like Linda heard the voice of God, you need to plead the blood of Jesus over your car. Immediately she did it, and she was saved. Her car was saved. You know, I believe that was an attack of the enemy. That guy was probably laughing because, you know, that was probably his assignment. But really, he failed. He should have been crying, right? He should have been crying because he failed his assignment if he was assigned to take you out. He can't, amen, because the Lord will speak to you and tell you something. 
You know, there's a lot of people that um, were working in the World Trade Center on 9-11, and there's a story, and it's a true story, and it's about this little church at Ground Zero. And this little church at Ground Zero, for two years, the pastor preached the same sermon, how to hear the voice of God, over and over and over and over again for two years. And his testimony, he said, I began to think, these people are going to think, I don't know anything else, but how this is my only sermon. And it wasn't his only sermon. But every week, this is what God told him to preach. And he preached the same thing with, you know, different scriptures and stuff. But every single week for two years. And when 9-11 happened, not one of his people were in that building. Every single one of them heard the voice of God. And either they didn't go in or they called out or they started to go in but then turned back and didn't go. Every single one of the people in his church that day did not go into the World Trade Center because they heard the voice of God and they knew it was his voice and they recognized that it was his voice and they did not go in and they weren't harmed. Every single person in his church was protected because they heard the voice of God. Almost every person in this church worked in the World Trade Center. Almost every single one, either them or their spouse, and not one of them was hurt. Not one of them was there when that happened. And it's just like glory to God. Can you imagine in the world pre-9-11 having that feeling to not go into work and not understanding it, but knowing the voice of God and listening and obeying the voice of God, even knowing when you called in, you could lose your job. And yet they followed the voice of God and not one of them were hurt. Nobody knew in the morning, except for the people that planned it, nobody knew what was going to happen that morning. None of those people knew going into their, their day. They got up like a normal day. They started getting ready for work like a normal day. And all of a sudden, they heard the voice of God on the inside of them. Don't go in today. They didn't have that peace, right? Like if I were to sit here and try to say I'm not a child of God, Something inside me just wants to throw up when I, when I try to say that in an example. It just it grates against my spirit because I know I'm a child of God. And the Holy Spirit saying, no, that's not right. Don't say that. You are a child of God, right? And so if you practice hearing the voice of God and letting his spirit bear witness with your spirit, then you're going to be protected in these last days. And I don't know about you, but I have seen the news. And boy, is it ever crazy out there. It is dangerous. The Bible says in the last day, perilous times will come. It's crazy out there. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care where you sit on the political spectrum. It's dangerous out there. You know, everybody in East Palestine, Ohio, is finding out just how dangerous it is out there. Praise God that's not going to happen to our city. Amen. Because we are taking authority over our city. Amen. And our state. But there are people who are who could have been involved in that and could have died in that if they didn't hear the voice of God. We must hear the voice of God. No matter where we're going, no matter what we're doing, if the Lord says don't, then just don't do it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself into it. Don't reason it out. Don't say, well, you know, I'm just, don't be pressured into anything. Amen. Amen. In fact, if there's a lot of pressure, it's okay to take a step back and say, wait a minute, is this really God? Because God's not going to shove you into anything. That's right. 
He's not even going to make you fulfill your call. He's not going to make you show up to church. He's not going to make you tithe. You should do those things, but he's not going to make you. How do I know? He's not going to make you get saved. And that is the most important thing that you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And if he will not make a sinner repent, he's not going to make you get healed. He's not going to make you obey. He'll suggest that you obey. You have a conscience given to you to teach you to obey. You'll hear correction and you'll hear guidance from the word of God, from your pastor, from your preacher, from your friends. Man, if you're not listening, you'll hear the same scripture over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. If you've heard a scripture more than five times in one week, you know you're thick-headed and not listening to the Holy Spirit. You know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. It's, wait a minute. That's the same scripture. I better stop and listen. I better find out what God is trying to tell me. Has anyone ever had that happen? Where every time you go for prayer, every church service you go to, every message you play online, it's always the same message. Open your ears and listen, right? Like, if it's twice for me, if it's in two different witnesses for me, I'm, I just got my Bible up. God, what are you trying to say to me? And usually it's a revelation that will change my life. Sometimes it takes a long time of meditating on it. Sometimes it's immediate, but sometimes it's a process, right? And you just keep, that keeps coming up, keeps coming up. When I got a fantastic revelation about the flood, and as in the days of Noah, that just kept, for a year, that phrase kept coming up to me, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah. And everywhere I looked, there was darkness, and I finally started crying out to the Lord, and I said, God, there has to be something for the church, even though the world is as in the days of Noah. And then I started reading Genesis 6 and 7 again and again, and I just poured it over that hundreds of times. And finally, like a freight train, boom, it hit me. And once the light turned on, I can never unsee it. It's a glorious time for the church, you guys. It is a glorious time for us. I'll give you a small clue without building into it because I don't want to take a lot of time on it. But it says in the days of Noah that the fountains of the deep were broken open and the rain came down, right? We as born-again believers have rivers of living water on the inside of us. And uh, the, the spirit on the inside of us is a picture of the fountains of the deep breaking open, okay? And then the Holy Spirit coming upon us for power, for ministry, that's a picture, uh, that's a picture in the Old Testament, that rain coming down. And when you have the Holy Spirit flooding out of your belly and you have the Holy Spirit flooding from above, the water starts to rise of the Holy Spirit, right? The water starts getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually it's going to go 22 feet above your head. And when that happens, you guys, here it is. All flesh dies. All flesh dies. You got it. I know you, you see it. All flesh dies. No more carnality. No more backbiting. All flesh dies, and then you're completely controlled and operated by the spirit of the living God. This is what's happening to the church as in the days of Noah. Sure, darkness is going to cover the earth. Sure, gross darkness will cover the people of the earth, but it won't cover us. 
because we are going to be in a flood of the Holy Spirit of the living God. It's going to break open and rivers are going to flow out of our belly, right? And it's going to rain down on us from heaven like crazy. The presence of God here, the presence of God there. And we're going to get to a point where we're not dealing with our flesh anymore. We're not dealing with our flesh anymore. God's trying to tell us something, isn't he? He wants to rain down on us and he wants the fountains of the deep on the inside of us broken open. And how can those break open? Pray in the Spirit. Read the Word of God. Listen and obey to His voice all the time, constantly. And start with that practice. I am a child of God. And you hear that yes? Say it again. I am a child of God. And you hear that yes? Say it again. And just soak in that yes. Soak in that peace. And then when you have something that you need to do that you don't know if it's God or not, say it out loud. And if you get that same peace, then go on and do it. And if you don't get that same peace, then hold back. Right? Like hearing the voice of God is easy when you know his voice. Amen? Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't even know what to do now. I don't know if I should start. <laughs> Thank you, God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. You know, he knows what we need and when we need it. I don't, I just make a plan. But I don't pretend to know what his plan is. I listen my best, but I, if I don't hear anything, I still have to make a plan. But the, the key is to be flexible with the Holy Spirit, right? And to let him say what he needs to say and build us up in the way he needs to build us up. So definitely practice hearing the voice of God. It's going to do you amazing good. It's going to help you so much. It's going to cause you to receive healing when you feel like you can't receive you're going to have peace about something and no peace about something else, don't do what you don't have peace about. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just being afraid. You can be afraid and still have the peace of God. I'll give you an example. There was one time in my life where I had constant urinary tract infections for about three years. It was bad, you guys. And um, I had gone to the doctor over and over and over again, antibiotic after antibiotic, they finally put me on a low-dose antibiotic to take every day. Guess what it did? Absolutely nothing, right? And so here I was, and it felt like I had a stone, in my, like, a, like a rock. I'm not talking about a kidney stone, like a rock in my bladder. And it just hurt so bad for three years. We didn't have a vehicle at the time. I was chasing down buses, trying to get where I needed to go. And the buses in Mesa only come every half hour. So it was a really rough time, because if I had to get off the bus to use the bathroom, I couldn't catch another bus for a half hour. So I had to leave my house really early, you guys. But I had to go when I had to go or else it'd be blood, right? It was a really dire situation. Well, I believed God. God healed me of that, right? Praise God. And then I would say about a year later, I started getting a UTI. And I did not want to go to the doctors at all. I said, God, I don't want to go to the doctors. I don't want to, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the hospital. I'm just going to believe you and believe you and believe you and believe you. Well, a week later, it got so bad that nothing was coming out like nothing. And I knew this was so bad and I didn't know what to do because I was believing God and through my tears and I heard the Lord say, do you trust me? I said, of course I trust you, God. I'm believing you. Right? Like that was my attitude, right? And God said, do you really trust me? I'm like, of course I trust you. I'm having faith. I'm in faith. I'm believing you. He said, do you trust me at the hospital? And I said, oh, 
Well then, maybe not. Maybe I'm not really trusting you like I should be trusting you because I'm not really trusting you at the hospital because I know you won't hurt me, but I don't know if they're going to hurt me or not. You know, God said, trust me and go. So I went to the hospital. They immediately gave me an antibiotic and it was immediately cleared up. Within two days, I was back on my feet and I never had another problem. But the question is, did I trust God? Right? And when, I, when the Lord said that to me, I knew his voice and I had perfect peace about going to the hospital. But I didn't have peace about not going to the doctor for that. And I tried to press in and I tried to just, I believe you, God. But there was no peace there. There was no peace there because for whatever reason, I wasn't trusting God over there. Do you know what I mean? And so that was a big correction for me. God didn't send the UTI. He does not put sickness on us at all whatsoever, but he used it for my benefit so that instead of trusting the doctors, I could trust God in the doctors, right? God brought me perfect peace even going to the doctors, and I'm going to tell you when I had to go on a ventilator, I had perfect peace. A hundred. I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't worried. I wasn't sad. I looked up at the doctor straight in the eyes and I said, well, it's time to trust God. That's the last thing I said before I was at, and I don't even know if I passed out or if they gave me something. I have no idea. I just looked at up, uh, up at him and I said, it's time to trust God. And then five days later, I woke up healed, right? Like this is just, you have to hear the voice of God. You have to follow the peace of God. If you don't have peace, don't do it, right? But if you do have peace, do it. And that's like, even if you're facing a surgery or something and you don't have peace, don't do it. If you're facing a surgery and you don't have the peace of God, don't do it. But if you're thinking about the alternative and just sitting at home and believing God and you don't have peace about that, then get yourself to a doctor and have a surgery. It's okay to have a surgery. It's okay to believe God right where you're at. Hear his voice, know his voice, and go in with confidence that whatever you're doing, you're trusting him in all of it, right? Just don't deviate from hearing his voice. Hear and having the peace and following the peace of God. Because what God always has solutions for us, amen? But the thing about God, you guys, is that he knows everything. Like, we can't hide anything from him. We can pretend like we're in faith and we can pretend like we're believing God, but he knows whether or not we are. And your pretending will never be stronger than God's ability to know. Right? I like to say I know that God is smarter than me, first of all, because he's God, but I also know that he's smarter than me by revelation. And what I mean by that is I have done enough stupid stuff in my life that God specifically told me not to do to have that beaten into me, basically, that God is smarter than me. Like, I know it. I know it by the word. I know it by revelation. I know it by experience. God is always right. There's never a time when he's wrong. He's never wrong. Never. Never. So if he tells you something, you just have to remember he's never wrong. It's part of him being God. If God was ever wrong, he wouldn't be God. You would. Well, you've been wrong too, so you're, you know you're not God, right? But if you know somebody like God, and we do know God, and that he's never, ever wrong, that he's always right, he's all-knowing, he's all-seeing, he's all-present, why wouldn't you just do what he says? Why wouldn't you just say, yes, Lord? 
God, I don't understand this. I don't know it. I don't see it. But at your word. Wasn't there a thing where Peter was in the boat? I think it was Peter. They were fishing and they were fishing and all night long. They didn't catch anything. And then Jesus comes along and uh, he says, let down your net on the other side. And he said, but we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught anything. Literally, God, there are no fish in this water. Nevertheless, he said, nevertheless, at your word. And so then when he let down his net at the word of God, he immediately, so many fish swam into that net that as they're trying to pull it up, the nets were so full that the nets were starting to break. And he had to call to his, his other friends, come out here, help us. The nets are breaking. There's so many fish. It's ridiculous, right? And we know, like, when we try to do something without a word of God, we could fish all night long, and there will be no results. Nothing is coming of it. Nothing is working. Nothing's, nothing's prosperous. Nothing's good because you're trying to do it out of your own self, and you don't have a word from God. But when you get a word from God, even if you have labored and labored and labored and labored and labored, when God tells you to do the exact same thing that you've been doing a hundred times before and all night long, I want you to say, nevertheless, God, at your word, at your word, God, nevertheless, God, at your word, because God knows everything. He sees everything. He's omnipresent. He knows exactly when you need to do what you need to do. And if you'll rest in him and hear his voice, you'll know exactly when you need to do what you need to do. He'll keep you safe. He'll keep you perfectly safe. He'll keep you perfectly well, healed, whole. He'll keep you prosperous. But you've got to hear his voice. You've got to listen to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit. Follow his voice. Obey his voice. Obey that inward witness. I'm not talking about an audible outside voice. I'm talking about the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And how do you hear his voice? How do you know that you know that it's God's voice? Go back and practice. The, the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit bears witness with us that we are children of God. And say, I am a child of God. And strengthen that connection with the Holy Spirit inside. Strengthen that connection with the inward witness so that when somebody tells you something, if it doesn't bear witness with that inward witness, you know immediately not to take it. You know immediately not to do it. You know when whatever is going on in the world, I don't know, it's crazy, you guys. Not everybody has your best intention at, at heart, okay? Not everybody in this world, leaders, whatever they are, rule makers, lawmakers, they don't, some do, but not everybody has your best intention at heart. And when you hear them say to do something and you know not to do it, in your spirit, in your inward witness, don't do it, right? Don't just not do it to be belligerent. We are supposed to follow authority to the best of our ability. But if it goes against the word that God is telling you, then don't do it, amen? amen. If you don't have perfect peace about it, take a step back. Hear the Lord on it. And if you do have perfect peace about it, go ahead and do it. I can tell you when the vaccines rolled out, as a pastor, I had a lot of people that didn't have peace taking the vaccines. And then I had a lot of people that had peace taking the vaccines. 
you know, and, and I just started pressing into the Lord, and God said, everybody's body is different. Everybody's in a different position, and it's a case-by-case basis. They really need to hear me on it, you know, and then I had a case where uh, one one person in the family said, you need to take the vaccine. A husband said that, and the wife said, I don't want it, but the husband held his ground, and you know what? The wife submitted to the word of God, which says, submit to your husband, and she's perfectly perfectly fine because she did what the word of God said to do you always have to go back to what does the word say you know what I mean we didn't lose anybody from people who took the vaccine I don't personally know of anybody who's had the vaccine and had side effects but I know half the, about half the people took it half the people didn't right and that's okay because you have to hear the voice of God on that I can tell you in my own family with my own kids, four of them had no reaction to vaccines when they were babies, but the fifth one was severely allergic to the vaccines. And I, when I went in with my four, I didn't have any questions. I'm just giving the vaccine a little bit of like, maybe this isn't healthy, but I don't really understand it. But whatever doctor you, you know, do that. But oh man, when I had, when I had Haley at the doctors at her six month shots, oh my gosh. The, there was no peace. It was like, don't do this, don't do this. And so, like, everything I was reading, like, the doctor gave me, I saw this. This could end in death. This is, could be an allergic reaction. This could be that. I never saw that with my older kids. But my, my awareness was heightened to that with Haley. And, you know, I went ahead and gave her the vaccine anyway because I was an idiot, right? Didn't recognize the voice of God. And she went into anaphylactic shock. And at six months old, she was saying mama and dada and baba and cooing and having a good time. And for two months, not a sound came out of her voice. Not a sound. She swelled up big. The, the doctors wouldn't help her because they said, oh, this is normal. It's a normal reaction to a vaccine. I said, this is not normal. And I started praying over her and I started repenting because I didn't have that peace about giving her the vaccine. And I asked the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord told me, start talking to her and don't stop. Like, really, thank God I'm a motor mouth. God said, tell her everything you're doing, every single thing you're doing, and don't stop talking to her for forever. Just don't stop talking. He didn't say forever, but he said, just don't stop talking. I didn't have a time frame or anything, but I would tell her, look, I'm washing your hair. Your hair is pretty. Your hair is fine. It's you know, like the, here's the bubbles, here's the water, the water's warm, the water's cold, this makes the water cold, I'm measuring out a teaspoon of flour to put in here, and like everything, I just kept her right by me and told her everything from six to eight months. And at eight months old, she finally said, Dada. Man, I was, I was happy and mad at the same time. It wasn't mama, but she said Dada. So it was like a miracle, right? And then she's been talking ever since. She's perfectly fine. She has no ill effects now. But if you don't listen to the voice of God, you can get yourself or your loved ones into some trouble, and you've got to go back and hear the voice of God. Many times people get sick because they go against the inward witness. Many times you you know what you're doing is it, it's either wrong in a sin, and you know it, or it's not a sin, but you don't have peace about it and you do it anyway. I don't believe taking a vaccine was a sin because I was told that it would protect my child, right? 
So I believed I was doing the best that I knew to do in the natural, but the reason she got sick is because I had no peace about it, right? Like God told me, no, don't give her that vaccine. This was when she was a six-month-old baby. I'm not talking about the COVID vaccine. But because I went against that peace, I knew her reaction was my fault. Like God was trying to stop that. And instead of wasting my time feeling guilty about it, hear me on this one. Hear me, you guys. Instead of wasting my time feeling guilty about it, I went straight to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in my time of need. I got a word from God that said, speak and don't stop talking to this child. And immediately I inputted it. Immediately I obeyed. And she's fine. Even if what you are dealing with, what you are going through, what is making you sick or hurting you, if you were sinning when you did it, run to the throne of grace. Receive help, mercy, and guidance in your time of need. Even if it wasn't a sin, but you didn't have peace and you pushed through and you did it anyway, and you got hurt or you got sick, run to the throne of grace and receive mercy and help in your time of need, right? Like, that's what we need to do. We need to run to God instead of running away from God. Amen? This is what we need to do on a regular basis. Don't waste time feeling guilty about it. There is not a scripture in the Bible that says you must feel guilty for X number of days before you can be forgiven and restored. There's not a scripture in the Bible that says that. And if there's not a scripture in the Bible for it, what is it? Unscriptural. Right? If it's unscriptural, it's not the truth. It's a lie. It's not from God. If it's from God, there's going to be a scripture to back it up. Amen? Amen. The actual scriptures say that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're perfected forever by Christ, by his blood. He sanctified us. We're perfected forever. God says, I will remember your sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far will I remove your sin from you. The Bible says God is not dealing with us according to our sin. He's not dealing with us for what we deserve. Yes, you deserve to die on a cross. So do I. But guess what? We don't have to die on the cross because Jesus did it for us. Amen? Yes, we all deserve to be sick. Yes, we all deserve to have these diseases upon us based on how terrible we've taken care of our body, based on how much sin we've done in our life. We all deserve the penalty of sickness and death, but yet not all are sick. Why? Because some of us just believe God. Some of us just believe that God loves us, that he's freed us, that he's washed us clean. And some of us are coming out of believing other things, and that's okay. But just believe God. Just believe his word. He said, I sent my word, and it healed you, and it delivered you from your destruction. He said, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. And if you were healed, then you are healed. The problem that we have is that most people will insert a clause if you deserve it. And immediately, most people, I would say 80% of the church would disqualify themselves from receiving healing because they don't feel worthy to receive healing. Show me the scripture that says the just shall walk by feelings. I challenge you. Show me that I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. The Bible says the just shall walk by faith. It doesn't say the just shall walk by feelings. So whether you feel worthy to receive healing or you feel worthy to do your call or you feel worthy to receive finances is irrelevant. Yes, I just said, your feelings are irrelevant. Just to be clear, why are they irrelevant? Because the word of God is the only truth we should go by. 
It's not wrong to have feelings, but it is wrong to exalt those feelings above the word of God. Amen? Yes, you might feel pain. I understand that. You might feel guilty. You might feel ashamed. You might feel unworthy to receive. I understand that. But do not let your feelings be exalted above the word of God that says, by his stripes, you were healed. Amen? You've got to make a hard choice in your heart and in your mind to submit to the word of God the best that you know how. And when you hard submit to the word of God, he is able to keep you from falling. He is able to uphold you with his righteous right hand. He's able to make you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you won't fear any evil. You can walk through a plague. You can walk through a place where 10,000 are dying at your, or 1,000 are dying at your side and 10,000 are dying at your right hand, but it doesn't touch you. But it doesn't touch you. Remember John G. Lake who was out there you know, dealing with a plague and he wasn't vaccinated from it. And they said, well, if you don't get vaccinated, then what's going to happen to you? And he said, you know what? I have the power of God. Whenever I come in contact with this disease, this disease dies. And they showed it and proved it scientifically under a microscope that when he touched it, it died. His God is the same God that we have. The Holy Spirit in John G. Lake is the same Holy Spirit that's in us. God is no respecter of persons. I mean, he's not going to give John G. Lake something special that he wouldn't give every one of us. Amen. But we have to know the word. We have to believe the word. And we have to hard submit to the word of God. I'm not asking you to submit to a man. Unless you're married, then you better submit to your husband. But that's because the word of God says that. And all the unmarried ladies say, whew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for humor, God. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's funny. There's a blessing in everything, Joyce. It's a blessing in everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. But I'm telling you, if you will submit to the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God that says, by His stripes, you are healed. And you may say, well, Pastor Cindy, I've been submitting to that for a long time, but nothing is happening. Ask the Lord what other areas you're not submitting in, if you dare. <laughs> Ask the Lord. He knows everything. I would say 1 John 2.20 says you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You know where you're not submitting. You know where you're doing wrong. You know where you're missing it. If you would just get still and, and sit there, you'll know. <laughs> You'll know where you're missing it. And if there's a correction that needs to happen, correct it. Amen? Don't waste your time feeling guilty. Don't waste your time feeling bad. Don't waste your time running from God. In the end, you're going to need to run to him to receive it anyway. So you may as well just start running to him. You know what I'm saying? You may as well just say, you know what, God? <laughs> I can run around this mountain a thousand times and be worn out and sick and broke and busted when I come to you. Or I can just come straight to you, take my correction right now, and walk out of here healed. I'm of the mind, I'm going to go straight to God and let God tell me whatever he wants to tell me. Correct me in any way he wants to correct me. And listen, I don't love correction. Can I be honest with you? I'm not one of those super spiritual people that go around saying, I love to be corrected. <laughs> but what I do like about correction is that 
first of all, that means I'm a child of God. Because whom he loves, he chases it, right? Now, he doesn't correct us by putting sickness on us. But sometimes when you're really trying to please God and he tells you stop, that kind of hurts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you're really trying to do something for him and he says, I'm, obedience is better than sacrifice. Like, like you're sacrificing and sacrificing for God, giving up this, giving up that, giving up this, giving up that. And all of a sudden you open your Bible and it says obedience is better than sacrifice. And God's been telling you to tithe or telling you to show up at church or whatever. And you see that scripture, you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> but I would rather have an oh, snap and a healing than keep my disease and my disobedience. What would you rather have? Really, what would you rather have? Are you open to an oh snap from God? Are you open to that? You know, I have a relationship with God that I've asked him to speak loud enough for me to hear. And he, and he does. And when I'm going the wrong way, it hurts to hear that word. It does. It, it does. It hurts to hear. When I came back from COVID and I started trying to seek God and find out what happened, it hurt to hear that I was in disobedience to God, and that's how come COVID got me. But I had to be honest about it. The Lord told me, don't go to Oklahoma to see my mom during a certain week. And I thought it was all, he said, during camp meeting at Ramah. And I thought it was all about me wanting to go to Ramah and not spending the time with my mom, which my mom needs to be honored, right? So I kind of wrote it off with that. I made my appointment and stuff for the week after, right? I thought everything was good. And then lo and behold, life got busy. My brother gave me a phone call and said, why don't you come out a week earlier so you can spend more time with mom and Chris while I'm working. And then when I get off work, we'll, we'll take off and go back to Arizona. And I said, well, yeah, sure, that'd be great. And there was something going on inside here that said, don't do that. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense. I already heard, I already obeyed. What is wrong, you know? But I went anyway. And I didn't know, but my mom was sick with COVID that week. We didn't know until Wednesday, and I had gotten in on a Monday. And by Wednesday, I had already been exposed to it. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit said, don't sleep in her bed. And I just got to the point where my mom said, are you sure you don't want to sleep in my bed? Because, you know, my dad passed away in 2019. And I didn't want to go there and make her sleep in her bed alone again. You know, like, all of these feelings were coming up in me that I was like, you know, I really want to honor my mom. I really, I'm trying to do the right thing here, right? All, nothing that I did was a sin, necessarily. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I still put myself in the hands of the enemy by not following the inward witness of the Holy Spirit directly and to the T. So then my husband at home got COVID through the hospital. And so by the time my brother Josh and I were driving home, he was getting COVID. So I was in the hotel and in the car with the COVID person and got home. I was already feeling sick. And then of course I started tending to my husband who had COVID and I got that strand and this strand and whammy. And then the doctor put me on four immunosuppressant drugs to open up my lungs, steroids and all that. But they all just killed my immune system. It tanked, my lungs started failing. And it was all because the Lord said, don't go during this week. And what did I do? I went during that week. I didn't intend to. I didn't mean to. 
But instead of running away from God, I ran to him. I said, it's time to trust God. I was trusting not only in his ability to heal me and raise me up, but I, would, I didn't know at the time what I had done wrong necessarily, so I just trusted in his mercy and his grace. I just trusted in his loving heart towards me to lay back and be out unconscious for five days knowing that no matter what happens, I was in the hands of God. Meanwhile, my sister was over there praying, God, don't let her see anything because if she does, she won't come back. What is that? What is that? What is that? I forgive her. I, I, I forgive her. <laughs> God is so good, though. You know, the, the inward witness is so important, you guys. I have I have notes here that we're not getting to. We were supposed to talk about sacred cows today, but I think this is more important. So I think you guys needed this today, and I think the Lord knows what we need. And I did stop and try to get on the notes, but then he just led me right back this way. So hear the voice of God, you guys. Somebody needs this. You're going to need this this week. We don't know what's going on in the world. I don't necessarily know what's going on in your world personally, right? As much as I would love to get to know each and every one of you in a strong way, I can't always do that, right? There's only one of me. But God knows everything. He knows everything you're going through. He knows everything you're about to face. He knows everything you're already facing, and he's telling you, hear him. Take the time to sit and be still and say, I am a child of God, and hear his voice over and over and over. So when you get to a point where you hear him and it doesn't make sense to your head, you know his voice and you follow his voice. It won't always make sense to your head. Sometimes it will. Sometimes you'll be like, yeah, that, that sounds good. That's wonderful. When God says, go eat cake, I am all in. I am all in. I am like, God, you say the word and I will devour that cake. And if you say the word to eat pizza, I am there too. I am your girl, God. If you need somebody to eat a pizza, I am your girl, God. But what about when God says, don't eat that pizza? What about when he says, don't eat that? Don't order the chicken. Don't, don't eat that lettuce. Lettuce is healthy for you. Why would God say not to eat lettuce? Don't try to reason it out. Just follow the Holy Spirit. You know, I've had I've had boxes of lettuce, like the big organic salads in my fridge, and God will tell me, throw it out. Mm. I'll be like, are you sure? Because like my flesh wants to throw it out, but I'm really trying to eat healthy, so what do I do here? Throw it out. And then a week later, I hear that all those things were recalled, and I'm just like, well, hallelujah, God told me to eat pizza and throw out my lettuce. <laughs> right? <laughs> Really, just follow the voice of God. Really, just follow the voice of God because you don't know what's going on with our food or with this or with that. You know, before the whole egg shortage, God told me to buy a bunch of eggs. We still have eggs, and they haven't gone bad. We test them in the water. They're perfectly fine. But we still have eggs that we bought before the egg craziness, right? Because God said, buy these eggs. And I said, well... God, what are we going to do with this many eggs? He said, just buy them. I said, okay. We'll buy them. We bought them. We still have them. We're still using them. Praise God. God is so good. He will set you up for success if you'll listen to the inward witness. Amen? Before 2020 happened, when, um, can I share these testimonies? Is that okay? Is it blessing you? Okay. So the
the Lord told me that Ryan was my husband. We were married before, and then we got remarried. We got divorced, and then we got remarried. But before we got remarried, we hadn't really gone on any dates. We went on one in December of 2019. And I really think it was because my dad passed away in November, and I think we started realizing, you know, those kinds of things. So we went on a date. But nothing. it wasn't like, oh, this is it. Um, but then in January, Ryan will agree with me, I'm sure he will. But in January, one day in January, the Lord said, get up, put your makeup on and go, go because Ryan's coming over. He's going to ask you to marry him. You're going to say yes. And it's going to be a quick wedding. This is January of 2020. So by the time I get done and get dressed, I'm in my, I'm like walking to the front door. He pulls up. So I walked outside. He proposed to me right there on the carport. And he said, we're going to get married in February. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, okay. And so that all happened so fast and we got to have a week long honeymoon and it was amazing. We got back and then boom, 2020 hit and everything was shut down, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything, but we had our honeymoon and everything. And then uh, right before the food shortages, you know, after all the toilet paper, I gotta say this too. My dad, before he passed away, oh my gosh, he was ridiculous. He was storing toilet paper in my mom's great big tub. I mean, every and in the garage, there was so much toilet paper in their house, you guys. It was ridiculous. We teased him about it, and he said before he passed away, you're going to need this someday. You're going to be thankful for this toilet paper. And we, we kind of mocked him. We were like, who needs a tub full of toilet paper, a garage full of toilet paper? But you know, he passed away in November of 2019, and it was a few months later that the toilet paper was being, there was a huge shortage in toilet paper, and our family was just laughing our heads off because dad was right. He walked with God. He heard God. He stored up toilet paper to a ridiculous amount, and my family never ran out of toilet paper. Amen. And then it was shortly after the toilet paper flew off the shelf that I heard the Holy Spirit. I was just sitting in my room doing my own business, and the Holy Spirit came and said, get up and go grocery shopping and buy like you used to buy. Now, that means $800 in a shopping trip because of my big family. I used to buy everything, make everything at home. And I was like, what? Nevertheless, God, I'm thinking, who's going to eat this food, Right. Like, whatever, who's going to eat this food? But I went to the store, and I, you know, I, I just was taking all the food, two cartfuls of groceries, got to the checkout, and um, there was two things of toilet paper left on the shelf. So we got those, and then we checked out, got all the food home, and then there was news reports. Beans are flying off the shelf, this shortage, that shortage. And then the grocery store shelves were empty, and there was no food. But we were protected because we heard the inward witness. We didn't lack any good thing. We had stocks of flour and sugar, and, and we didn't have any of that because I hadn't been cooking for a long time because I hadn't been married very long at that time, and I forgot Ryan will eat absolutely anything I put in front of him. And I was trying to only eat healthy food, so we didn't have any chips, we didn't have any flour, we didn't have any sugar. We had no backup before I went shopping. But I went shopping, and I just bought everything, and then we just made homemade bread and all kinds of good things for that whole time and we were set. When they were closing restaurants and closing things before they were allowing you to eat outside, we were okay because we heard the inward witness and we obeyed. 
It didn't make sense financially for me to go spend $800 on food when I knew we didn't eat at home very often, right? Like that was my eating out money. I don't want to spend that for something else. That was, you know what I'm saying though? Right. That, that meant we had to cook this food and we had to be a good steward of it, but I didn't know it was coming. And I'm telling you, we don't know the future. We know the craziness that's happened in the past few years, but we don't know the craziness that's about to come upon the world. But what we do know is how to hear the voice of God, how to follow the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, and how to be completely safe from that. Completely protected from whatever is coming. Because we'll always hear his voice. We'll always go in the direction that he tells us to go. Amen? 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 Will you practice that? Will you practice, I am a child of God? Practice it until you know his voice better than you know your own voice. Practice it until when he calls, you say hello, he says hello, and you know exactly who's calling. Practice it so that if somebody else calls and you hear another voice, you know that's not God. Amen? Because what's going to happen is you're going to hear the Holy Spirit, and you're going to see, you're only going to see with your eyes the reward of the wicked. You're not going to, it's not going to come near you. No plague is going to come near your dwelling. No sickness that the world has. No inflammation. Your body's going to get healed. Your life will be better. Your relationships will be restored. Even if it doesn't make sense, just to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow His voice. Amen? Yes? It should be part two of standing here. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> part two is going to be a little bit different, but some of this might come out. It probably will. We'll see what God does, right? But I can send this out to the church anyway. I can send it out because I did record it. I hope. <laughs> I tried. Jenny, did you record it? <laughs> yeah, you're on it. Did you record Sundays, by the way? I might have. Missed. You might have. Can I get that from you? Because you it didn't broadcast. Really? And, yeah, and I have people asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that I know of. I can't find it anywhere on YouTube, so... If somebody told you they watched it on YouTube, tell them to send you the link. I'd like to have it. Um, okay, so it's it's really kind of time to go. It is, there's not much time to get into this, so I'm not going to. But eventually we will get to the sacred cows. And I think we, what did we talk about last week? That Was it that God controls everything? What did we talk about last week? That was the one about the sovereignty of God? All right, let's see. I'm hoping to get into um, generational curses. I'll give you a quick hint. They're not a thing, you guys. Ezekiel chapter 18 did away with generational curses in the Old Testament. God did away with generational curses in the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 18. I'm not going to make you wait till next week. I'm not going to make you pay and click here for more information. It's in Ezekiel 18. God did away with generational curses. And besides that, even if he didn't, Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus was made a curse for us and like because cursed are those that hung on, are hung on a tree. But Jesus took the curse for us. So even if generational curses were a thing, they ended at Christ. But even before Christ, which is phenomenal is people don't read the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 18, God says, What mean ye that you use the proverb in this land 
that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth have been set on edge. That means the kids are affected by the sins of the father. And then God takes the entire chapter in Ezekiel 18 to unpack it and say, the soul that sins, it shall die. If the father sins and has a righteous son, the righteous son will be forgiven, but the father will die for his sin. But if the father repents, then he won't die in his sin. But if, the, if a righteous father has a sinful son, then the righteous father isn't going to pay the debt for the son, but the, the wicked son, he'll either die or he'll have to repent, right? Like the whole, he takes the whole chapter to unpack that and says, the soul that sins, it shall die. And so don't feel condemned or anything about that because I have to tell you, I know we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but it says in the Bible that it's appointed to man once to die. It also says in the Bible in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So if it's appointed to man once to die, and we already died in Christ, take it, I'm telling you, God doesn't have to partner with death to get his saints home. Look at Enoch. Look at Elijah. What are we doing, you guys? Shouldn't we be coming higher? Shouldn't we be believing God? I know it's too wonderful to hear. I understand that. But if you will read the scriptures and rightly divide the word of truth, you're going to start seeing that it was never God's intent for us to die. And if we're born again, I know this is a real, I don't have time to unpack this, but we don't have to die like the world does. We don't. Because if it's appointed to man once to die, and if we have died with Christ, it's not appointed to man twice to die. Mm. Yeah. If Adam and Eve were never going to die in the garden, never, they were never supposed to die until they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were never supposed to die. If we have been restored to a better than Adam and Eve state, how long are we supposed to live? Forever. And we are. But it's only appointed to man once to die. I know, you guys, we've been duped. I'm telling you, we've been duped. It's only appointed to man once to die, not twice to die. We have been crucified with Christ. If we died with him, we shall also be risen with him. If we died with him, if you died with Christ, how many times have you died? How many times is it appointed for men to die? Once. I'm telling you, when we get a hold of this truth, there is going to have to be a rapture because nothing can stop us. There will have to be a catching away of the church because when we come into the fullness of this understanding, we will understand that we have authority that we have power, that the plans of Satan will not prevail, and they will not prevail against the church anyway, right? But when we understand and start taking that, we are going to hold back the man of perdition. We are going to hold back the Antichrist because we're going to understand who we are, what authority we have. And the only way the Antichrist can come is when the church is taken out of the way because we're not dying and we're not letting up. 
We're taking our authority. We're taking the kingdom of heaven by force. And we're doing it according to the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. We're not doing it because we made something up or because we want to follow some weird teaching or something like that. We're doing it based on the scriptures of the living God. Amen? And when you have things based on the scriptures of the living God, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. And as we become harder and harder submitted to the word of God, we're going to be able to take more and more of the kingdom by force. We're going to be able to occupy until he comes. We're going to be able to spread the kingdom of God. We're going to be able to spread it like nobody else. I love that there's a, a revival going on in Asbury because these are young people. This is Generation Z. They are on fire for God like you've never seen. I have never seen a generation on fire for God like that. Never in my lifetime. And even with all the healing crusades and all that that happened in the old days, they have, there has never been an entire generation like this on fire for God. You know what? They're fed up with the world. They're seeking the presence of God. Remember the, the boys that came in, John and Clarence and all those guys? This is Generation Z. This is the generation that's coming up after the millennials. It's this generation that is on fire for God. Like submitted, hard submitted to God, hard submitted to his ways, but not in a religious way. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ, and with the word of God. And we can get there fast because we've had a lot of word put into us over the years. We have read the Bible and read the Bible and read the Bible. And the word of God is, I like to see it like kindling. When you have so much word in you, and then you get the fire of the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen when that match gets lit and you start submitting to the Holy Spirit and listening to the, the voice of the Lord God? All that word in you is going to catch fire and it's going to burn and burn. And you're going to be literally, like the Bible says, my ministers are a flame of fire. We're going to be flames of fire. Flames of fire. This is what God has in store for us. Amen? completely and fully controlled by the Holy Spirit of the living God. So good. The good thing about the Holy Spirit is that he loves you. He's not trying to just be the boss of you. If he wanted to just be the boss of you, he could have set it up that way. He could have given us no free will. He could have forced us to obey. And there will come a time where every knee will bow and every time will confess that Christ is the Lord, that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will come that time. But right now, it's our free will offering. It's our, this is powerful, you guys. So power is in your free will submission to the word of God and to the ways of God. That's where the power's at. Because Satan can't figure it out. He doesn't understand that because he had an opportunity to submit to God and he refused. He cannot understand if God gave us free will and we are willingly submitting to God, he can't understand that. And that's where the power is. It's in that willingness. That's why Christ gave us everything. He was willing to give us everything because he knows some of us are willing to give him everything. 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 Amen? And I could preach all day. And the Spirit is on me, you guys. I can go all day. I'm excited. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, but I am excited. God is so good. We'll unpack some of this stuff, or we'll, we'll do something else next week. I don't know. We'll do something. Um, yeah. The Lord said, 
looks like it's cold here.